Hey. 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 Welcome back. Hey. Hey. We're here. This is uh, the, the Yamcast. That is awesome. <laughs> so I'm Chris. And I'm Erica. And uh, we talk to college students and young adults. Really, if you're not in those categories, though, we're also talking to you. Let's be real. We, we're we just talking to people. We just like know? listeners. It doesn't really we matter. We do. But the point of the podcast is talking to that age group about life and how to live it and how to look at it from a Bible perspective. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on social media at the Yamcast. Or you could email us. We did get our first one, who's going to be number two, at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That was like perfect. That was fun. You know what I want to say? We did receive multiple emails. Oh. Hold on. Oh. I received. Spam? Uh, well, no. I oh, received okay. an email from Tanya Arnson, which we mm-hmm. sent her the sticker. Well, I, did you give me an address? We'll, we'll get that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the sticker to you, Tanya. Thank you. But then my children ah! have been <laughs> consistently emailing that address now. That's uh, so great. They can only get so many stickers. So yeah, I mean, really... I do have some that I could give them. No, we're good. <laughs> this is not like a bank where you're pulling through the drive-thru and you have to give them something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think they think if they just keep saying stuff, it's more stickers, more suckers, whatever. Or more shout-outs. Or... I'm not doing – no. <laughs> I'm not even mentioning them by name right now. There's no shout-outs. <laughs> That's fantastic. You live in my house. You don't get a shout-out. I love, though, that the they're podcast. doing that and listening. And, and they're very encouraging great. emails. They say things oh. like, this is our favorite podcast. I don't know if they've listened to us in like three months, but it's their favorite podcast. Because maybe they actually really don't listen to many podcasts. They don't. Do you, I feel like that's not a young It's kind of like if you thing. say to you know, your oldest child, you're my favorite oldest child, they think that's not really that big of a thing. If they were the only podcast we're listening to, of course we're the favorite podcast. It's true. That's very true. So by process of elimination. But I'm going to take that compliment. Yeah, you do that. I am not going to, but you <laughs> <laughs> you do that and enjoy uh. it. So we're finished with Philemon today. We are. Filet mignon. Filet mignon. We are finishing you up today. Philemon, the thing that you find inside of a light bulb. <laughs> Oh, golly. That's filament. It's different. Oh, that's, wow. Although that reminds me of testaments. Do you remember those? Um, you could always buy them at Christian bookstores. Yeah, they probably still mints. exist. Yeah, it's a mint called a testament. Mm-hmm. And I think we have lost all control. Mm-hmm. And everything should burn. <laughs> and one day that's exactly what's going to happen. It is. All and right. then God will reestablish beauty and glory. Thanks for bringing it back to something light. Because I was about to be like, this is a downer of a podcast today. So so speaking of light subjects, let's talk about slavery some more. Yay! All right, verse 17. So if you consider me your partner, this is Paul talking to Philemon, remember, receive him, Onesimus, as you would receive me. So continuing to really press Philemon. So if you consider me your partner, equal-ish, then receive him, Onesimus, as you would me. Like, if Paul were coming, you would have all the pomp, all the circumstance, all the, you know. Yep. I mean, it would be the royal treatment. Yeah. And that is what he is asking of Philemon to do for Onesimus, this slave who has run away. Correct. And not the royal treatment that Meghan Markle received. 
Like, that was no, legitimate no. Legitimate royal treatment. Yeah, that was yeah. not the royal treatment. But no, think about that. If you're if you're a runaway slave being told by a superstar in the, in a world, you know what I'm saying? Paul is the most known Christian in the world at this point and possibly the most known Christian of all time, mm-hmm. right? Almost everybody knows about Paul. Nobody knows about us. No. Or very few. Yeah. We've got our faithful listeners. I love you. We've got a little so circle. With that. But we're not Paul. We're not that famous. But yeah, if if Paul is saying, I want you to do this, you would do what he's asking you to do. Mm-hmm. Which is leading back to what we were starting to dig into a little bit last week. What Paul is asking for here is not that you'll accept Onesimus back as a slave. Mm. He is asking you to accept Onesimus back as something way bigger, way better. He is all but asking Philemon to abolish slavery with at least Onesimus. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're going to read into that, and coming back to a little bit of what we talked about last last time, is this this idea that Paul never comes out and says slavery should go away, but he is saying slavery can go away. Well, and I mean, looking back, if you look at what he's written in his other letters, mm-hmm. he is very much, if not talking about that, yeah, all of that is yep. abolished, but also... I mean, back in Colossians when he's like, you need to treat them fairly and justly. Totally. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, it says bondservant, which is a little... Is kind of a little different than slavery, right? In this case, not. No. But yes. But but we have two different words, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is very good for us to understand that the slavery that we think of when we hear of slavery is our 1800s slavery. And it is very different than can be very different than what was done back then. But still, they can be treated very unfairly because they, you know, are technically indebted to this person. And so, yeah, looking at hearing that the master needs to treat them justly and fairly, I mean, that even kind of goes into this too, Mm -hmm. about treating Onesimus justly and fairly. As well, so. Just imagine if you lived in a world where classes existed. Crazy, right? Doesn't exist today. Upper class, lower class, middle class, like none of that exists. <laughs> but imagine that you lived in a world where classes exist and imagine then someone saying something that would ultimately break down the class structure. Mm-hmm. This is where I get frustrated with people who say that, you know, Christianity is communist or Christianity is socialist. This isn't about a a political movement. Mm-hmm. This is about a complete reordering of everything under the king. Well, and the only one who cares about the restructuring is somebody who's up at the top. Yes. Because they don't want to be lowered. And as Christians, that's exactly, I mean, we're told to humble ourselves. First will be last, last will be first, you know? Right. We're meant to be equal. Yeah. Right. I'm looking back at Colossians 3 where he says, you know, to bond servants, and it actually is the same word. It's douloi or doulos. So you can translate it slave or bond servant. So, yeah, I guess it is the same thing. And then on top of that, he says, I want you to not be a people pleaser or an eye please, you know, an eye. No, don't pay eye service. Don't pay lip, mm-hmm. you know, we would say pay lip service today. But this idea of I want you to be consistent. And so imagine him saying this to Philemon. You believe something very strongly. Now this person has come to Christ. I want you to believe that with him. And watch what Paul does in verse 18, right? This is insane. 
If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I mean, <laughs> Paul, like, really trusts. And I mean, maybe it's not even really trusts him back so Nissimus. He just knows that this is the right thing to do. And and kind of as you talked about, maybe it's really not even about who Onesimus is as a person. Right. It's just we need to be treating everyone this yeah. way. You yeah. know, we need to be canceling these debts. We need to be making things right. right. Maybe it really isn't. He may have said these same things to any slave or servant. Right. Maybe. Maybe it isn't. Because at, at first I was thinking, maybe it is just that he trusts and backs Onesimus so much that Onesimus is this fantastic guy, which he probably was. But maybe he actually is like, I would do this for any, right. anybody, right. not just Onesimus. Well, and I want you to see, there's a huge question about what Onesimus would potentially owe. So some have led to believe that verse 18 is that Onesimus stole money from Philemon Mm -hmm. and now owes money back. That's one possibility. Another strong possibility is that Onesimus has been gone X amount of days now. So he would. And the work that he would have done would would be owed X amount of money. The other possibility is what he's saying here is because he's run away and he's now, I'm asking you to be free, then whatever debt he took on before you ended up making him your bondservant— I will forgive that debt, says Paul. Mm-hmm. I'll pay it back. I'll find a way to do it. So whichever one of those, those are the three strongest scenarios that yeah. we're talking about here. Whichever one of those three we're talking about, you're right. He does trust and back Onesimus to the extent to say, I'll do whatever it takes. He's also then looking at Philemon saying, I- I'm, a, I'm a poor tent maker who's given everything in my life to the service of the Lord. I've been stoned how many times? I've been beaten how many times? You owe me... Your salvation. So he's not saying I want you to not. Mm-hmm. He's not saying I want you to forgive his debt, but he is saying I want you to forgive his debt. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of intimated this a little bit last time in the podcast, and you start to break this down. What what Paul's asking for here is really the the abolishment of the slave debt, whatever this is, even if it's just a, something that was stolen and brought back. And ultimately, what he's asking is, I want you to send Onesimus back that we talked about last time. So what he's saying here is, I, I want it to be done. I want it to be all over. And imagine the awkwardness of this letter being read out loud in front of the church. You know, whoever's house this is, whether it is Philemon or like mm-hmm. we talked about in the first day, whether it's the woman's house, regardless, whoever's house this is that's hosting this church, just imagine pin drop moment. What are you going to do, Philemon? And how do, you, how do you ask Philemon then turn around and be like, Onesimus owes me 100 denarii and he's still my slave. You're not going to do that. Like, there's no way that after this letter you're going to then mm-hmm. say that's what happened. That, that, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it, because you kind of talked about last time that some people have thought it's kind of passive aggressive, which, I mean, it's putting him in a, he, it's putting him in a spot where he only really can make one decision. Correct. Which, but he never actually comes out and says what that decision should be. Right. And I mean, we'll talk about later what he thinks he'll do, but it could even just be that he's just like, yeah, he could do the bare minimum of like, this is what I think I'm supposed to do. Because, yeah, he never says, this is exactly what you should do. He still does very much leave it up to Philemon yeah. to do what he thinks. Because of love. Yeah. Is that's the, at least what he's appealing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Verse 19 then, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it 
to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. So again, we kind of talked about this with Colossians. He said again, he's writing this with his own hand just so that people are aware. But I don't really know if I understand what that last part means. Yeah. What he's saying is, you you heard the gospel from me. You are now a new creation in Christ, right? I mean, I think when Paul shared the gospel, it— it, it is long, it is drawn out, and it's consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. That's why kids are falling asleep and falling out the window. You know, like, that's why he says things in, Col- in you know, Colossians or Corinthians, like, the gospel that I shared to, whether it's Epaphras or you, yourself. I think what Paul's doing is saying, you're a new creation. You've been made new in Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in you. Because that's true, you owe me the new self. You wouldn't mm. be you if you didn't understand what Christ has done for you. So because <laughs> this is big, because you owe me that, I, I I want you to just remember that. But remember that I'll repay on you know Onesimus's debt. Whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm writing this in my own hand to prove that it is me. It really is me. Which then suggests, like we said in the Colossian letter as well, it seems that this letter was probably written by a, a, a person who was taking dictation. And then Paul sort of shimmies over, you know. So a dictator? Yeah, to a dictator. <laughs> he, he, you know, he dictates this letter to someone and then he you know, shimmies over and with his, his decrepit hands or whatever writes this, I, Paul, write this in my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me your own self. And then hands it back to the dictator <laughs> <laughs> who then takes it and runs with it. All right, verse 20. Yes, brother, I want you, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. So um, I like that he put the brother in there, yep. kind of, again, really showing that familial aspect, uh, but also that they are equal, like he's lowering himself. And I like the the refresh my heart in Christ. I mean, he talked about how Philemon refreshes the saints, like right. – and is refreshing to be around, so he also wants that for himself as well. So is he desiring for him to write back? Is that what would be refreshing, or is it him doing what he was supposed to do? No idea. Hmm. It's probably most likely that the refreshment that he's seeking here is not a tall glass of cold water. Mm-hmm. You know, His refreshing here is probably, whether it is a writing a letter back, whatever it is, if it was delivered by Onesimus and Onesimus was free, that would be really refreshing. Mm. And I think part of what he's saying there, and again, I'm trying to put words in the great Paul, which I can't do uh, in his mouth, but I think part of what he's saying here is you know what to do. And if you really understand the gospel that I've preached to you, this should be totally clear. Mm -hmm. So refresh my heart in Christ which is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Verse 21, confident of your obedience. This is where it gets a little passive aggressive. Yeah. Right. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. So, I mean, this kind of reminds me of like when we are so confident that God will answer our prayers that we already thank him in the prayer that we're praying about what we're praying about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Do you follow that train? Ah, Totally. Um. (laughs) Like, it just reminds me of, yeah, you being 
when you're praying your prayer and then you're just like, thank you. I know that you're going to answer. I'm confident mm-hmm. of whatever. But yes, it is a little little bit more passive aggressive, confident of your obedience. But he, I think, just really knows that Philemon's going to do what he's supposed to do. But not even just that, that he's going to go above and beyond. He's going to go even farther than what he thinks, what Paul might even think, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, which then you start to wonder, what does that even mean? So coming back to what I've sort of been intimating, there are a number of scholars who believe what he might be saying here is you'll let all of your slaves go. Mm. Mm. Which, again, if you're reading this in the 1800s and you're using this to make the case that slavery should still be, you've missed the point of this letter. Yeah. So... I'm not sure that I would go that far is what some people have pointed out in verse 21. But I do think what Paul's ultimately asking is that the whole church lives and acts differently than they used to. And some would say, well, then why doesn't Paul just come out and say he's against slavery? You're living in a culture and a world where you don't even have that opinion. Like, he can't go to the Roman government and say slavery should be completely abolished because they don't believe Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So this kind of comes back to even what we were talking about a couple episodes ago. When you're seeing an outsider, be reasonable with them. Be wise with them. Be careful with how you talk because you're talking to someone who doesn't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. And at times, I even take that same approach to someone in the church because not everybody in the church even really understands the gospel. A lot of people think the gospel is... I have given my life to Christ. I'm going to go to heaven one day. So I'm just living to be a good person right now. Whereas what the gospel really is, is Christ has flipped the entire world upside down. And there's a really good chance that everything you've ever thought and believed to be true is wrong in some way. Mm -hmm. And so readjust your entire thinking to fit more what God would want, which means probably equality of all human beings, which probably means that we readjust power structures and we readjust uh, financial structures. Now, understanding, even in a, and I'm putting air quotes up here, a Christian country, end quote, yes. that there are a lot of people who are not actually living by the way of Christ. So I can't demand that the, the government cancel all student debt. I can't demand that the government you know, cancel all mortgages. Because I've, I've read people that say, well, the the Bible talks about the year of Jubilee or the year of Sabbath where you cancel everything mm-hmm. out. So cancel all the debt in today. You don't understand. That is a, a country that God has created, Israel, a nation that he's called his own. And he's saying, this is how I want you to live. They never lived that way. Yeah. That's why they were exiled. And part of the reason why they never lived that way is because it's impossible in our own strength to live that way. That's what Paul's saying in Romans. The law, it condemns us. It makes us look and go, I can't do this. There's no way. What Christ did was fulfill the law completely so that you and I now can live different lives. And because of that, I treat debt differently. If someone owes me money, I forgive people all the time. Mm -hmm. Or I give it to them with no expectation of getting it back. Mm -hmm. Right? I just... God gave me a little extra. I've got it this month. Someone's need arose or or has arisen. So I cobble together the money and they get an envelope and it says anonymous on it. They don't even know where it came from. And now people are probably like, oh, wait, that was It was you? No, I have other people in my life that do the same thing. So, you know, I've received these envelopes over the years. Other people that I know have received these envelopes. But it's just 
I know how God loves me and what he's done for me, so I then give back because I'm under the submission of my king. The banking world is not under the submission of the king. They like their interests. The federal government, as much as you'd all like it to be, is not under the submission of the king. Even some of the people in our federal government who say they're under the submission of the king are not actually there. They've just said that so that you'll vote for them. I know that might be shocking. That might be a moment where everyone's like, everything I know is a lie. Welcome to America. Right. Your food is not real. Taco Bell's meat is not really meat. It's just get used to being deceived. That's the world we live in. But what Paul's saying here, and this is back to what you were saying, what Paul's saying is I know that you'll do even more than I say because I know that you know the gospel. And if you're reading between the lines here, Philemon, you're going to go a step beyond. And I think a step beyond is to say Onesimus' debt is forgiven. Onesimus' slavery is forgiven. And I'm going to restructure the way I do life. So it should be no surprise that typical Christians throughout all of history have been the ones who release their slaves. That it's been Christians who are the ones that end the slave trade. It's Christians who have helped fight for suffrage for women. Or there, there are a lot of individuals within the Christian church that have understood what the new kingdom looks like. And they're saying, we believe this. We're going to go live it out. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we believe the whole world is ever going to follow this because it's impossible and the world wants power and it wants might. We don't live that. We don't play that game. Sorry, I got super preachy. It's all right. But that's, that's the good. idea. So verse 22, at the same time, this is great, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Yeah. I know you're praying that I get out of jail. If that happens, have a guest room ready. I'm coming. I'm coming to see you. Yeah, you'd like to visit. That we don't think that ever, does that ever happen? We don't really think that happens, right? We don't know. We have no idea. It all depends on which imprisonment which Paul imprisonment is. is going through right now. It all depends on which, yeah, what structure or what, what thing is happening to Paul. Uh, we don't know. But what we do know is he'd like to visit. And yeah. you can imagine that the first thing he'll do in his visit is, hey, how are the slaves? Hey, Philemon, what you doing? How are the slaves doing? Now, what we also know, and this is, you know, one of the things that we'll cover in the recap briefly is Onesimus does join Paul in the next whatever phase of his mm, ministry. He okay. talks about him in other letters. So clearly, Philemon does what, what Paul's really asking for, mm-hmm. which is another little wink to this is what we're really being asked, you know? Yeah. All right, verse 23, 24, and 25. Here we go. Let's finish the book. The final greetings. The final greetings. Yeah. We're so musical. We're killing it. <laughs> Verse 23. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So this is the same Epaphras yeah. from Colossians. Yeah. Did we ever hear that he was a prisoner with Paul before? He mentioned it briefly in Colossians. Okay, because yep. I guess I did not remember that. And now seeing that, oh, he is with him in jail. Yeah. Which means jail party. Which means he's not returning with the letter. He's not. Okay. Right. So, right. so yeah, back to, so if we're going to tile this up, you know, I'll say that for the recap. Never mind. <laughs> we'll do it in the next episode. Alrighty. Time for the deeper dive. That was a little gravelly. That was. Yeah. It's all right. Eh, it is what it is. 
I want to talk briefly about something called progress, progressing theology. I almost said okay. progressive theology, but that would probably not bode well for the culture that we live in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that folks need to talk about or think about is how there are certain things, and notice I'm saying here certain things in the Bible that are revealed progressively. And what I mean by that is God might say something to someone in Genesis or in Exodus that then later on he adjusts it and then adjusts it again and again and again. And part of the belief in this, and there's a number of schools of thought, some people believe that all of theology is progressive. I I disagree. So always shift, not shifting, but like... Not so much always shifting, but what they'll say, for example, is they almost make the case that Christ coming was like the next iteration of God's theology, oh, as okay. opposed to what God always planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so my case would be that the Bible's pretty clear. God planned all of this from the beginning. Yeah. There is no part of this that God's like, oh, man, what's going on down there? Maybe we should get involved. You know, like, hey, Jesus, why don't you head down there and fix things? Your like, turn. Yeah, it's, there's no part in the plan that does that because Genesis 3 shows us the whole thing was set from the get-go. Yeah. So this is a massive plan that God did. And then you might ask the question, well, then why did God allow this or do that? You wouldn't exist if he didn't allow it. So he was willing to, quote unquote, take the risk. It's not really a risk because he's God and he can do whatever he he wants. But he more has a plan that you were a part of or not a part of, and he's working it out completely and doing it. And even if you're not a part of the plan, you're still working as a part of the plan. You just don't like it. And you're complaining about him and you think he's an idiot. Okay, back to this. So progressive theology, though, or progressing theology or, or progressive revelation would be another way to say it. So is it like that things are just revealed? Piece by piece. Piece by piece. And part of the reason for that is this. If you're looking at the, the beginning of the Exodus story, you've got a group that has been enslaved for 400 years. They are more Egyptian than they are Israelite. Yeah. So what God needs to do with this people group is set a tone, which is the law, and the law starts to get set up. But part of the tone of the law is, I don't want you to be like Egypt. I want you to be like this. Even if you followed the law to a T, which is impossible, by the way, but if you followed the law to a T, there are other things later on in Scripture that seem to suggest that was the beginning of the story, but God's got other things that he's revealing to you along the way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's not everything. There's a very few things in Scripture that I would do this with, but slavery, I think, is one of those. Okay? So in Exodus 21, God is pulling out... Egyptians who are supposed to be Israelites. That's how I would put it. You know, they're, they're more Egyptian than they are Israelite. And God is teaching them, this is what I want you to do and to be. And I want you to listen to how crazy this is in an ancient world understanding. Because in the ancient world, you would capture people, make them your slave, and they were your slave for the rest of your life. You never had a chance to get free. You might free their kids, but no, you won them in a victory and, and war. And so they're your servant. They're yours forever. Mm-hmm. Listen to what God says in Exodus 21, a chapter that you probably all have read so many times before because you just love Exodus 21 (laughs) because it's a bunch of laws connected. It says this. I'm being sarcastic. It says this. Now, these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy a Hebrew slave, and you're like, well, I don't like that. He shall serve six years, and in the seventh, he shall go free for nothing. That is not the way of the ancient world. Now, is it... A complete abolishment of slavery? No. But is it better than the other slave trades? Yeah, way better. And it goes on to say, if he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. 
And there are periods in the ancient world where slaves would be purchased and their wife would be kept as a concubine or whatever, mm -hmm. and they got to go free. And so just imagine breaking families up. And we saw this even in the slave trade here in America, where oh, yeah. just really disgusting, terrible things happened. If they really knew their scriptures, they would already know they're breaking the law just by reading the Exodus passage. Mm -hmm. By the way, I think what Philemon is being argued is that this passage is outdated, which is kind of where I'm going with the progressive theology thing. So if you go on through, you know, a, a slave will... If he decides that he loves his master and his wife and his children, he can stay and work for the master as long as he wants. But if he does that, you will put an earring in him, uh, and then he'll become that man's slave forever. So, you know, somebody pulled me aside when I had an earring as a young uh. teenager, like, who are you a slave of? And I was like, Jesus. They're like, okay, okay. <laughs> It's like an old okay, an old okay. person in church, you know, that's like, ah, I can't believe you have an earring. Who are you a slave of? I'm like, Jesus. They're like, well, oh, you that, got that, me there. That checks out. Uh, you know, people have asked me before, why are you wearing sandals? Well, Jesus did. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just If you just answer it, I'm following Jesus and this is what he did. Yeah. Uh, hey. uh, they didn't have much to say back to that. Yeah, one person lovingly told me, well, they didn't invent shoes yet, which I thought was awesome. That was, a, that was an even better comeback than mine. So the idea here is that slavery is allowed, but it's unique in Israel compared to even some of the other nations. Now, there are other nations that have rules like this, you know, maybe work 10 years and you get off the 11th or whatever. But Israel was very, I would use the word progressive. It was unique. It was different. And like I said, that's a catchword right now that people would freak out about. Well, and it did say if. It's not saying like. You're, yeah, you don't even have to. It's not a record. Like, yeah, it's not something that has to happen. Yeah. Right. Because so. you could very easily go down to the slave trade, buy a bunch of people, and free them all right away. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, I'm using this money. It makes me think of, you know, Schindler, you know, just mm. buying people to free them and give mm -hmm. them freedom. That is more the Christian way, even though Schindler wasn't a Christian, than, than some of us act. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, if, yeah. you, if you stepped back and you said, how much does uh, a slave cost today? And they're all over the place. The whole world's got slavery going on. And if I bought 10 slaves and freed them in their country, that'd be a better use of my finances than Starbucks. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So then as you move through the scriptures, the slavery thing keeps coming up. And there's multiple times where it's like you're treating them terribly or we would rather you not have any slaves. And then we get to the Philemon. And it's pretty clear what Paul's asking for here, which is a book like Philemon is one of the books that helped guys like William Wilberforce actually push back on the slave trade altogether and say this is despicable, right? Mm. Or, uh, you know, the guy who wrote uh, amazing Grace, John Newton. I John Newton, know. yeah. He, he was a slave trader. He was in a boat, and he just realized, I am a despicable man, and he wrote the song Amazing Grace mm. about himself, coming to the Lord and realizing, I, I don't deserve any of this grace that I'm yeah. getting. And uh, William Wilberforce and John Newton connected, and that's actually what partly drove Britain to say the slave trade needs to end, which then became a major shifting point for America. It did. And then as the, you know, the Republican Party was created, partly to end slavery in this country. And so, you know, the 1860s, Lincoln is the, the Republican candidate. He wins. And then as the Civil War begins, he actually then frees the slaves with the Emancipation Proclamation, which is audacious. To, yeah. to tell everybody in the South that you're free from slavery, even though that's not the government you're following anymore, that takes some some gumption, right? That's that's mm -hmm. some chutzpah, as they would say in, in Hebrew um, or Yiddish. So just to, to paint that picture here, I think what God is doing many times in Scripture is taking a people from here and then helping them think through where they're going to go. Now, I have limits on that. And so some people might say today, for example, uh, and I don't want to get in any trouble here, but it's a deeper dive, so I'll just kind of state an opinion and let it 
fly. You know, people kind of say, well, what about like homosexuality, right? That's one of the things today that, that's major mm-hmm. push button issue in the, in the Christian church. There's no point in the Bible where that's ever really accepted. It is, it is brought up in, in Genesis as a problem, specifically in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they weren't just talking about that. Sodom and Gomorrah are really was, talking yeah. more about hospitality not being properly played out. But part of that hospitality is mistreating another man as your man, like that there's a problem there. But then it gets brought all the way through. I mean, it's in Romans. Mm-hmm. It's in Revelation. If you're, so the, and, and for those that are, are working through that, your, your sexual identity or your sexual preference and you're thinking it through and you're going, well, does God hate me? God loves you. He just has a better plan for you than what you think it is in the sexual realm. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. And so there is no progressiveness in that category, that there's there's nothing changing. Do you know what I'm saying? So sometimes we as Christians are, we like to just jump on the cultural bandwagon and yeah. say, this is where we want to go because it's loving and it's better. No, the true love is is pointing people continually to the text saying this is what it looks like. And I've heard the arguments of people saying that the homosexuality in the ancient world is a little different than today. That's, that's true. But again, there's nothing that's breaking the pattern here of what God's intending for human beings uh, from the beginning all the way to the end of the book. It's the same. But if you notice a pattern where things are a little bit different, perhaps, when Paul says things like, you're allowed to eat all of these types of food, and that seems to break with what was said in mm-hmm. the ancient, there's no disparity there. It's not like all of a sudden God... You broke the rules or, you know, just made it gangbusters for anybody. There's a there's a progressive thought that's occurring there that God wants us to see. This is how it's changing. This is where I'm at. And you as a Gentile don't have to follow the Jewish food laws. But a Jew can absolutely follow the food laws as long as they want to, and they're totally allowed to. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a long rabbit trail, but that's the deeper dive idea here. Just this this concept of, you know, sticking with theology, being consistent and realizing if it changes throughout the whole book, there's probably something God's trying to reveal to people over time. If it doesn't change throughout the whole book, stick with it because God's got a plan there and mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to stick with it. All right, let's get practical. Let's get practical, practical. So what I want to focus on this time is to not just do the bare minimum. So Paul says to Philemon that he knows he will do more than he's even requesting him to do. And as Christ followers, we are to be above and beyond people. And I'm reminded of the parable Jesus tells with the Good Samaritan, not even focusing on the racism aspect of this story, but how he just treated simply the the hurt man. He could have just bandaged him up, and that would have been extremely kind, already doing more than the other men that just walked by. So, like, and a lot of us, that's what we would do. We would fix him up. Because that's enough of our time spent and we would go on our way, which is still being very kind. But this this man, from what we know, was like unconscious. Like he is he's not I mean, just bandaging him up is not going to help him actually thrive. Right. Right. But the the Good Samaritan, he didn't just bandage him up. He also brought him into town and had him cared for in an inn. And then he also could have just stopped there. Just took him to the inn, was like, here's a night. Bye. You know? Bye. Which, even just taking him into the inn is a huge thought. Like, yeah. I'm also curious if this was like a Samaritan town, a Jewish... Anyways, but 
It's a parable. It is a parable. They don't go that far into it. <clears throat> but he could have just stopped there. Totally. And already that is above and beyond what he is being asked to do. But he even went a step further and he paid for him to be there yep. and then told the innkeeper that he would pay upon returning whatever else needed to be, whatever ex- added expenses there were, yep. which is huge. This is going above and beyond what was required. This is how we are to be as Christ followers. If someone... As Jesus talked about, if someone takes your cloak, you give them your shirt too. You don't demand what somebody has actually taken from you. All of this is is above and beyond living, and this is what we are asked to do. Like it's the above and beyond living really has to do with being completely sacrificial, mm-hmm. like giving to others. A, I mean, I keep saying above and beyond, but just actually at a cost to you. Not not always money wise, but. It costs you something, time, energy, whatever it might be. So this could be with your money. You have We kind of talked about this earlier. You have extra this month. Maybe you actually look where you can give it, giving it to somebody else. God isn't always just giving us more for ourselves. Sometimes it's, oh, no, had this added expense of air conditioner went out or whatever it is, and God actually does end up. I mean, I knew I heard that a lot with the stimulus last year. Mm-hmm. We got the stimulus, and then we had to pay for a new whatever it was, Mm -hmm. which I believed, I do think is like God being able to come through. But a lot of times when you are given extra, it's actually God blessing you so that you can bless others. Yes. We often sit there and say, oh, I wish I could, I wish somebody would do that, or I wish somebody would do something about this, and it's probably you that needs to do that something. Yeah. Not somebody else. So maybe this also means in your job, instead of sitting around because your project is done, you actually go around and ask others if they need assistance on their project, or you ask your boss if they need help with anything. Maybe this means at home, instead of just putting the dishes away, you also like wipe down the entire kitchen. Like you don't just do the the bare minimum of what's asked. You actually look to see if there's other things you can do to truly bless them. Right. Whatever it might be in your life, like think of how you can sacrificially go beyond because yes if if this is what we're thinking with philemon that would be him freeing all of his slaves now that doesn't necessarily mean that they wouldn't work for him right but it they're not slaves anymore they're doing it by choice you know and we just read that in exodus yeah they can still work for the guy as long as they want to yeah you're just canceling the debts Mm -hmm. it's like the end of uh extreme home makeover when they rip out the mortgage and burn it and they're like here you go house is free and clear everyone's like yay and then the taxes come in. And they refinance. And they, they lose the house. That did happen a lot. It did. Which is very sad. But that's not what we're talking about. No, it's not. Yeah, so, <laughs> no. But going above and beyond is so like the world, right? That's just how they are. It doesn't everybody does that. Everybody's totally everybody like does that. that. Sarcasm alert. Yeah, no. Sarcasm alert. Well, I've traveled to a lot of different countries and I just feel like I've seen the people there not necessarily care as much about their own rights or getting what's theirs, but more so looking at the collective and at the whole and seeing that other people need it too. And whereas I really feel like here in America, we're moving a- away from that and we're focusing far more on what's mine and right. um, getting my peace and my rights. I feel like that came out a lot this last year of like, my rights are being impinged right. and um yeah so i just feel like i've seen 
us moving away from that. Right, because we've both seen a bunch of uh, people in other countries where it just feels like the whole country rallies around the individual who's in need. Whereas some of my frustration in the last few years, specifically as I've gotten older and watched it happen to certain folks, you know, there's a lot of pushback about the welfare system or some of these other things. And there are, granted, there are always going to be abusers mm-hmm. in the system. And I don't even think Paul's weighing in on that. Paul's not talking here to Philemon saying, free all your slaves. Some of them are going to abuse you, but it's totally okay. What Paul's saying is if you really understand, you're going to be willing to be abused to some extent. Mm-hmm. And that's not the American way. Yeah. It's not even close to it. So I totally agree with you. And that's not to say that we aren't honoring the fact that America has done tremendous things you know, over the last few centuries. There's a lot that's really good about us. What I feel is starting to slip away, and I think what I, I'm hearing you say, and you can correct me here if I'm wrong, but what I think I'm hearing you say is that our culture, and it's partly, in my opinion, the younger, some of the younger generation is starting to find, try to find a way to, to like make this jive, right? There's people that are serving a, a purpose or a passion of theirs. They're going, we should all feel this way. We should all think this way. We should all be this way. And it gets pushed back pretty hard in, in our country, partly because of that American spirit of I'm... I'm in charge. I don't need anybody else. I've got everything good, which is the opposite of doing the minimum. It's, it's mm-hmm. even doing less than the minimum, minimum. And what we see in Philemon is not only just doing the minimum, but going above and beyond the minimum, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard when you go to Haiti and you watch, you know, people rally around somebody who just their motorcycle fell over or they ran out of gas. It's hard to go somewhere where nobody has anything and everybody rallies around to take care of one another versus here where, we're almost so safe and secure all the time that we don't think about anybody else. And that may seem like a huge slap in the face. It should be. It's time to wake up. It's time for us to really get a, get a grip and go, is this really who we want to be as a country? And that's not to say that we have to agree with everybody's stance and everything. It just means show some love and civility and try to find a way to, to show everybody that you care about them enough to, to do X, Y, or Z. Right? Yeah. yeah. So... We have officially fixed all the problems of the world. You're welcome. <laughs> now go do it. <laughs> go be who you say you are. Alrighty, bye everybody. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Yamcast. You can check us out at yamcast.podbean.com or on any other podcasting apps like iTunes. We would love it if you'd leave us a review that is any number between four and a half and five stars. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com. If you'd like more information about us, you can check us out at parkhillschurch.com or on the App Store with the Park Hills Church app. We are also on Instagram, so give us a follow at The Yamcast. Cast.